Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care, and God bless. I'd just like to take this in for a second. There are people seated over here. It's not my best side over here, but welcome. And I just want to take it in for a second. Been a while. Been a long, long, arduous journey. On Sunday, March 1st, 2020, there were 989 people in worship. Then we experienced COVID. Your staff spent two weeks here because we had to learn how to live stream. We had never done that. Dedicated staff spent two weeks trying to figure out all things, and we left with 989, and 15 weeks later, when we were gathered for worship, Sunday, June 28th, 2020, 135 people between two services. That is a drop of 86.3%, just like that. As your senior pastor, I can tell you the metrics back it up that in March of 2020, we were as hot as we had been in a long time. But in comparison to the millions of people who died because of COVID, the World Health Organization estimates, both directly and indirectly, 15 million people have died. Not just because of the disease, but because the medical system was compromised and other people who needed services therein couldn't. So pardon me, Pastor Lilliard, in comparison, 86.3% is not that important. But it's also noteworthy to an organization. Businesses, it's hard. Unless people are compelled or it's necessary for them to go to your business or organization, it was really hard. And I have to tell you, as one of the key leaders, as someone who helped carry some pails of water and try to regenerate this place, I was bummed for quite some time. But sooner or later, you have to say, here we go. Fall off the horse, get back up. You get tackled in football, get up quickly. I don't want you to see that you hurt me. Are you hurt or injured? We were hurt. We weren't injured. And all the clergy here, in particular because we stand up here on June 28th, 2020, when we gathered in this place, 135 people divided by two. There were people, if they could sit outside, they would. It was sparse, and people came in, and we directed them. We followed all the protocols. I had a medical team of two doctors and a great nurse who's in charge of COVID. I talked to them all the time, and we came in when the governor said, you can come in. Why? 7,000 people in this congregation. We can't remain static too long. 
And so we were in this room, and we made the service. Remember, we didn't even allow people to say the word amen or amen. I don't care how you say it. You weren't allowed to say it on June 28th. There was nothing participatory. People just sat here, and they were stoic, even more so than you are usually, Lutherans. <laughs> no one said a word. But we could only see this in people. And you know what? Am I right, brother? There were so many tears in those 135 people. I'd never seen it in all my 31 years of service sans a funeral. But they were tears of joy because they were here. Yes, thanks to the communication staff and technology and all the equipment that we bought and we were allowed to buy and could afford to buy, people were online. But when people came in this space, when they came here, they started to cry because this place, being here, is not important, it's necessary. I've always told you as one of your key leaders, I will always keep you in the know. And so I'll tell you, average worship attendance, excluding Christmas and Easter, when you have 5,000 people, it does skew numbers. I'm not good at math, but I know that. In 2020, we averaged until Humpty Dumpty fell, 552. With me? 2021, 236. How are you doing? 2022, 404. Here we go. Parenthetically speaking, in 2022, if you include online, we're at 622. Look at the bottom number, look at the top number. And by the way, around here, we don't inflate. Every single device that's being used for online worship, we count one person. Not two, not three. So, to the staff, thank you. I know it's not easy dealing with me because I'm gonna push. I play baseball, I slid into first base head first because you get there faster. Check it out. But the staff, your staff, the people that I'm honored to be with, they strapped it on. We came back earlier than most churches, certainly all ELCA. I was always close to Patricia Lull, who is the Bishop of St. Paul, because I had a little conversation with her and she said, I'm following the Catholics and I'm following the Evangelicals. Remember the Catholics and Evangelicals took battle with Governor Waltz? The Lutherans just stepped back and let them be vociferous. But when they went back to worship, so did we. And like the Catholics, we wore masks, unlike some of our other brothers and sisters. And I asked the staff to come back, and they came back. And they didn't grumble, at least in my presence. And I have a great job, because I get to help think of ideas for them to do. And so I don't have to do all the things I think of, but I sincerely want to thank. We would not be here without all the staff members. There are 110 people on the payroll in this place. Early learning, they came back. 
They were here when we weren't here, and they were holding babies so people could go to work. And not one person went one minute without being paid. Yes, we took PPP. Thanks be to whomever. We needed it, but we also didn't need it because you're generous. Because I think the staff members here got involved and said, let's put Humpty Dumpty back together again. I would be remiss if I didn't thank you, the members of this church, because you've been kind to me and to the leadership. You've been very understanding. I have colleagues who run churches, small, medium, and large, and I wouldn't change with any of them. Their hides got chewed. I don't know why, I don't know how, but we love you people. You might not always agreed with us. I didn't always agree with myself. Have you ever led? Have you ever led? You don't even sometimes agree with yourself because this isn't my place. This is our place. And so I want you to give a round of applause for all the staff and then yourself, please, right now. We're not dislocating our shoulders to pat ourselves in the back. At the same time, I do believe it's important to thank and note, we're not done, but here we go. I have for you two points. I wanna thank you all for coming. So I'll have three points some other time. Point number one, it was read, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And then I thought of this. The church has been also described as a hospital for sinners. And I like it, if you were paying attention, I just remember one of the little lines, we have a lifelong need for grace and forgiveness and mercy, remember that? A hospital for sinners is we come here because it is like urgent care, we come because we need something, we know that we can't do it on our own. At the same time, I, I wanna think more often that it should be a clinic, it's not necessarily a ICU or even more accurately, I think it's more akin to a physical therapist. Do you ever hurt your shoulder or you've broken your leg and then you go to these people who look nice and then they tell you to do things that really, really hurt? And you're like, I can't believe you're being paid, you're mean. And they'll say, you need to stretch yourself, you need to grow, you need to know that you are fragile, you need to know you take care of yourself. Do you realize that there are similarities in coming to worship? Did you and I come and we say, I'm sorry, I did it, I'm fallen, I need your help to get up and live the kind of life you want me to. But I actually prefer this as well, the original community center. The reason why I prefer it is I grew up in little towns. Lamberton, Minnesota, St. James, Minnesota, Preston, Minnesota, Hayward, Minnesota. Yes, there is a Hayward, Minnesota. Don't ever think it's Wisconsin. Wouldn't live there. Nothing against them, just never would. And those little towns don't have community centers. 
They don't have senior centers. They have churches. They have a post office. They have a grocery store and about four bars. More in Wisconsin, but I digress. And so we go to Glencoe and you're going to have communities based upon how you worship Jesus. There's a Lutheran community, but we have three of them because we can't get along. You have Methodist, Presbyterian perhaps, Catholic, a couple non-denominational. And they are an enclave unto themselves. I had all my playgrounds in a church. Less for six months in my life, I lived in a parsonage. I lived in somebody else's house. And when I walked in, my dad would preach and my mom would play the organ and my brother would play the trumpet and sing in the choir and I was an orphan. I walked in and they were like, okay, you're a Johnson today. Okay, you're an Anderson. And I was so upheld. And then I turned pro. And now I'm part of your family. And I think all the time in my life with every moment I have that I don't think about my own family at home, about how we can build the best community. The original community center. I was glad to hear, let us go to the house of worship. And then I started thinking about St. Andrew, which I've had just a little, 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 little part. I was thinking to myself, for 46 years, that's how old this place is. Started in the elementary school, and then the original place over in Valley View, and then over there, and then over here. We've had a lot of hearers, but now here we are. 46 years of worship. Every single week of every single year for 46 years. That's just one service, not two or three. You do the math. I didn't want to. 40 six years of being a community. 46 years of Sunday school and youth groups and Bible studies and small groups and support groups. All the hymns that have been sung to give praise to Jesus, all the choir anthems, the solos, the brass, the strings, the guitars, the drums, the banjos and bells. I'm sorry if I left out something you play, but I tried to encompass it all. Think of all the praises to Jesus in 46 years, St. Andrew Lutheran Church. How many friendships have been created and fortified in and through here? Told you before, if you got little jiggers, you wait till they get to be big jiggers. Hockey and dance and all those things, and then they decide to do a different sport, and then you lose friends. Or they graduate, and then all of a sudden you're by yourself. Some of the friendships you have made here will last longer than anything else because they're undergirded by faith and things therein. Think of the thousands and thousands of baptisms. Imagine a picture of all the people who have been confirmed in and through here. Can you imagine? Okay, back a little bit, back a little bit, back a little bit. They used to have confirmation classes of 200, 250. That's a big picture, baby. 
For 46 years, think of all the people who have come here to receive the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christmas and Easter and Holy Week and Pentecost and weddings and funerals and holy conversations and laughter and tears and worries and promises, hope here in this place. I wanted you to think about it. If you're visiting, sorry you haven't been here for 46 years, but I haven't been here for 46 years either. Some of you have. The original community center. Hopefully this community is dear to you. Year after year, week after week. Point number two. Less popular, yet still essential. That's what I think of the church right now. Less popular, yet still essential. Here's something that I've said for a couple of years. I don't have empirical data, but I rarely do, and it doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't stop me. But I want you to imagine with me for six months if every single church that worships on a Christian, non-Christian, every tabernacle, every temple, every church in the United States of America for six months, if they stopped giving money to prop and to food shelves, if they stopped giving money away, if they stopped clothing people or feeding people or giving the infusion of money and service and kindness, I, I will argue all day until 3.15. That if all the churches stopped doing their work outside their walls, the United States of America would have seismic problems. Churches unified are essential, but they're not right now very popular. In 2021, the Pew Research Center, which is an ironic word, yes, found self-identified Christians make up 63% of the U.S. population, a drop from 75% just 10 years ago. Here we go. The majority of the decline is happening among Protestants, dropping 10% in the last decade. By the way, in case you don't know, we're Protestants. While Catholicism remains relatively unchanged. It's not like they haven't had their own kerfuffles, but I'll leave that there. From the world of Gallup, Americans' membership in houses of worship continued to decline last year, dropping below 50% for the first time in Gallup's eight-decade trend. I just wanted you to see that. For the first time in eight decades. From the Reverend Craig Peterson, Minneapolis Senate Newsletter, Pastor Peter gave a great sermon a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned this. I have permission to repeat. It's not that he didn't do a good enough job, but some of you weren't here. Pre-pandemic estimates of churches in the nation that would be closing their doors, 3750 to 5000 per year. Pre-pandemic. Got it? I'll wait for the Norwegians to catch up. Now with COVID and continuation of trends, which I just noted, 100,000 churches may close in the next three to five years. Simple math, 5,000 per year, 
three years, 15 verses, 100,000. Here we go. The Father taught me a fool says all is well when not all is well. So then what do we do about it? What do we think? What do we do? Every successful business figures what next. My father, for decades, you know those Nordic track ski machines, you know the one you'd hold on here? He used it every day, and when it broke, he bought a new one. And then when they stopped making them and people put them out because they wanted to have a treadmill, he would get it for free. And Nordic Track, look it up, kept on making those ski machines. And elliptical and treadmills came along, and Nordic Track said, nope, we're really good at making these ski machines. Ironically, now you can find a treadmill and elliptical with Nordic Track on it, but it's not Nordic Track. They went belly up, and they were bought. Because somebody said, there's a trend. Thus, what should we do? Well, that didn't work out. There we go. So I asked Dana Mosted, who designs the graphic stuff for the newsletter. Great job, yes? I said, I want an I S and I want it turned on its side. And then he actually just did an S and turned on its side. And I said, no, 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 it can't be exactly like that. And he said, well, why didn't you tell me that? But I don't rem remember when the Reverend Pat Kieford, when I was in seminary a long time ago, long before all this stuff, said every company, every marriage, every family system, every friendship, you take an ass and put it on its side. And there are times when you're on top of the world, and if you're not careful, you're in the valley. But when you're in the valley, step on the gas and go back up. But when you get on top, don't take your foot off the gas because you'll go down. Some of the things we do to ourselves, to our relationships, to our companies, to our universities, or whatever, we do ourselves. And sometimes we're collateral damage. Feel me? He said, be careful when you lead a church. And this was in 1985. People say don't listen to theories or theorems that were concocted a long time ago because they don't know what they're talking about. Here we go. And so I did some thinking. I did some thinking, first and foremost, at least as long as you want me to have two of my hands on the steering wheel as long as I want to hold on to that steering wheel and hopefully those two meet. First and foremost, in this place, we're always going to be about Jesus. And some of you are looking at me quizzically and saying, well, don't we always talk about Jesus? I think we could talk about Jesus more. But going into this world fraught with political strife and all the theories and all the division... We can just have the conversation paradigm in here mirror the conversation paradigm over there. And I don't want part of that. 
I want to start with Jesus. I want to have Jesus in the middle and I want to have Jesus at the end. We're going to study and ask questions and talk and listen and learn about all matters of faith. We will strive to be a safe place spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, physically. We are going to talk about issues and topics that will challenge us. We will grow and expand our point of view as it pertains to the world and society and all people within at the same time. This is what I believe, and you don't have to believe it, but I can say it because I have the microphone. This is what I believe. We don't all have to agree on all things in order to be the body of Christ. If you have a church of 10, or have a church of 25, that might be possible. Although now in 2022, that ain't happening. When it's 7,000 souls. We don't all have to think the same thing about all things. But we are to be kind. We are to be understanding. We are to be empathetic of people and their point of view and we are to, to be loving at all times. But for hope, is that we have to agree on all things. I don't like that journey. True story, old story, but I'm gonna prove my point. The Reverend Dr. Raleigh Martinson, remember him? Still doing great work and consulting work. He was, he's ordained, he's a pastor. He, great professor, retired professor from Luther Seminary where all six of your pastors came from. And he lectured when I was in my second year, and he told a story. He said, I took a trip recently, and I sat down, and he said, all of a sudden, the guy and I started talking, let's call him Dan. And they said, oh, my name is Dan, my name is Raleigh, and then they talked a little bit, where are you going? Going to California, I'm gonna give a lecture, or I'm gonna go sell some IT products, that's what Dan did. And then Dan said to Raleigh, what do you do for a living? Now here's what you need to know, in case you don't know, is that whenever you say, I'm clergy, things get weird. There are the people who, when they understand that you're a pastor, will want to exegete everything and, and prove that they know about the Bible and then tell you all their religious experiences and you're thinking, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of on vacation here and that's great. And then there are other people who, who look away and don't know what to do with you. If you're golfing on the 14th hole and they ask, what do you do for a living? And you say, I'm a Lutheran pastor. They certainly stop buying you beer from the beer cart, <laughs> which is a huge bummer. <laughs> They'll tell you the one joke about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit golfing. It's not funny. It's never been funny. Stop telling it. Or they'll just say, oh, dear Lord, I don't know what to do. So be careful with us and be gentle with us. But this Dan said, so you're a pastor. Yep, you teach at a seminary. Yep. I have a story for you. Do tell. True story. Maybe you heard it. Raleigh said, I'm on the plane. And the guy says, well, let me tell you a story, okay? My wife and myself and two daughters have been religious and we've gone to church for years. But when the daughters got older and gone to soccer and dance and all the things they're in, my wife and I went there and we became a little bit dismembered from the church. 
but we're contrite enough that we feel bad about the fact that we don't go. So we talk about it, but finally it got to the watershed moment. True story. He said, we had a family meeting, and I gave him something to think about. Write down all the things you want to do. Do all the things that you... Write down all the things you currently do, and then assign a number, a value number, and then we'll have a meeting. Cliff Note Edition... Dan looked at Raleigh and said, we had that meeting. And of all the things we participate in, church was at the very bottom of which gave things to us. So we resolved to stop going. Old story or not an old story. There are tables out in the narthex if you're here physically. If you're online, contact us if you want to know all the things we're doing. We'll tell you. Believe me, we'll tell you. The thing is, is that we hope when you come here that when you hear music, the hair on the back of your neck stands up a little bit and you say, that the coffee's good, the donuts are fresh. And you allow somebody new to sit at your table. I know, you have your friends. You'd probably kick me out of a table. I've wanted to jump into a group, but we gotta give reasons for people when they come here to say, I wanna come back. What's the value add to life. We came up with the mission statement, living out your faith in daily life, so you realize Monday through Saturday there's something relational to coming here. It's not about pumping up the church, it's about being the church, it's about being a Christian. And I really think the church that has people say, I need to go there because it makes me feel holy, precious, valued. And if I'm not there, I'm going to miss something. And if I'm not there, someone's going to miss me. I don't believe that big churches are unfriendly, nor do I believe that small churches are always friendly. Did I tell you that I grew up in some small churches? It could be a church of 35 people and somebody walks in and they go, uh, what are you doing here? I don't know if we invited you. Conversely, they can be the friendliest, but that's up to them. In closing, because we're going to have three of these, because at this place we like to party. Marketing has not yet signed off on my idea, but I think we should do it. We like to party. That's why we're going to have three. But I didn't think of a movie. I didn't think of a movie clip. I thought of a sitcom, but I thought of its theme song. That if we could embody this... I'd be happy. So would you. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't it, St. Andrew, to come in and hear that you're loved and forgiven and sent out to the world and regardless of what you do or don't do, you are precious in his sight. Boy, wouldn't you like to get away? 
Boy, the news is fun, isn't it? The state fair closed early. They shut it down because people were unsafe. Wouldn't you like to get away to go to the great get-together? Come here. You read? We're taking measures to make sure you're safe. Sometimes you want to go, and hopefully a lot, where everybody knows your name. And we can't make the promise we're going to know all of your names. This is a big place. But introduce yourself. Perhaps you've sat next to people for a long period of time, and you don't know their name. And if you're a male, that goes up exponentially. I don't know. Well, she works two doors down for you in the office. I don't know. Seems nice, though. And they're always glad you came. Isn't that what we're about? You want to be where you can see? Our troubles are all the same. You with me? Here we go. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you and God bless.